0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Alright, so first of all, thank you for coming out in this weather. Um, I want to go back, to la- I, I wasn't here last week and so I want to go back to last week's Parsha and then we'll talk about this week's Parsha. So first let's go back to last week's Parsha. So in last week's Parsha, the Torah begins... And it tells us a story, and it says that that Yitzchak and and Rivka didn't have any children, but and Yitzchak prayed to Hashem. Right, that he should have children, opposite his wife Ki because she was barren; she she didn't have any; she couldn't have children. And the Apostle says, "By Yesoloi Hashem, and Hashem." Listened to Yitzchak, v'at Rifka ishov, and she became pregnant. So Rashi says that Yitzchak was praying for a child, and Rifka was praying for a child, and the Torah tells us that Hashem listened to who to Yitzchak. Why? Because Yitzchak was a tzaddik ben tzaddik; his father was Avram Avinu, and Rifka was a tzaddik ben Rasha; her father was Besuel. So as a child learning when I remember when I learned this And when I teach it in seminary The girls get very upset Why did Hashem listen to him, to him Not to her She was also davening And it always bothered me That the Torah would even tell us something like this It's like for instance Let's say you hear a story There's a woman and a man And they didn't have children for 14 years And they go to this big tzaddik Big rebbe, And they say Rebbe need, we, need, we need a bracha from you We didn't have children for 14 years the Rebbe says, Listen, on the eighth day of Hanukkah, in the eleventh hour, in the twenty second minute, if you say a certain parakeet to heal him, you're definitely going to have a child this year. Pshh. The Rebbe said such a thing, a school so they wait till like Zay the eighth day of Hanukkah, to that hour, until that minute, and the two of them start crying that during that minute, right? They start crying to Hashem, Shah Mamakim and they finish it one minute they finish it together and a miracle happens she becomes pregnant and in the ninth month they decide they're going to go to the Rebbe to this great tzaddik this Mekubul and they're going to thank him and she's going to want to get a bracha that a child that she's she able to give birth it should be easy so they come to the Rebbe you understand she's in her ninth month and so she's all excited she mentions she's going to have a baby and he comes and they're like Rebbe the skula that you gave us is unbelievable Fourteen years, no children. We, that moment that you told us, that minute we prayed. And and, and, and th- we don't even know how to thank you for, for, for giving, us, giving us this secret. And now now I'm having a child. I want you to give me a bracha that I should have a child. It should be easy. And the rabbi looks at these two and he says to the lady, we'll call her Miriam. She says, Miriam, I want to tell you that I saw in Rucha HaKodesh that your prayer was not accepted. So your prayer went absolutely nowhere, and the reason you're pregnant is only because your husband is a tzaddik, and his prayer was accepted. Your prayer, yours, ah, nothing. The poor girl standing there, she's broken. Whoa! Well, what do you mean, my prayer is nothing? I'm nothing just like him. What? Just because my father was a Russia? Is that my fault? If I heard such a story, I would never send a girl to that Rebbe. How could he do that? Why would he? If it's true, if it's true, that he saw in Rukha HaKudosh that her prayer wasn't accepted, why would you tell her? They're both coming. She's pregnant. Just say, thank you very much. Baruch Hashem. You both prayed. Hashem gave you a child. Even if you know it's Hashem didn't listen to her, why would you hurt someone's feelings and tell her that her prayer is worthless? Here in the Torah, that's the story. They didn't have children for a long time. And the Torah tells us that they both, they prayed, right? He prayed opposite his wife. Hashem listened to him, not to her. Why would you make Rivka's tefillah like it's nothing? Even if it's true that Hashem listened to him and not her. Why are you telling me that? Why don't you say they both prayed, she became pregnant, and she had a child, and they lived happily ever after? Why are you saying this demeaning statement that she didn't, that, she, that, she, that, that her prayer went nowhere? So the Chidol says, but Hashem said, but the Torah tells us, Hashem Hashem only listens to him, didn't listen to her. Why would you tell me that? Even if it's true, why would you tell me that? Why are we making Rifkas feel a, why are we embarrassing her? So the Chidol says something fascinating. The Chidol says, she wasn't praying. It doesn't say in the Passover that she prayed. It says, Vayesa Yitzhak le Hashem. prayed opposite, uh, to Hashem, opposite his wife, because she was barren, and Hashem listened to his thriller. It doesn't say, Vayeta Rifka. It never says in the Poseidon that she prayed. So what's going on over here? So we all know, I'm sure you learned, especially 12th grade in Baragol, you surely learned this, that if you want to be answered by Hashem, you shouldn't pray for yourself, you should pray for someone else. In Hebrew we say, whoever prays for his friend will be answered first. In other words, if you're looking for a shidduch, don't pray that you should find a shidduch. Pray, that your, will the shiduch. You pray you, that your friends should find the shidduch. If you pray that your friends should find it, then you'll find the shidduch. So, what the chidduch says here is that Yitzchak prayed opposite his wife. He prayed for his wife. He didn't pray that he should have children. He prayed that Rivka should have children. Ah! yet <speaking in> Hashem. <Hebrew> Hashem answered his prayer because kolam <speaking in Hebrew> So she never prayed. But Rashi says, that she did pray. He prayed and she prayed, Rashi says. And his tool was answered first. And the answer is, that let's say you have two girls, Leah and Miriam, both don't have shiduchim. Leah's praying for Miriam to find the Shinnuch, and Mir is praying for Leah to find the shilich now we know nenet chila who's going to be Nanatrila? Each if you pray for someone else you will be answered first but what happens if that person is praying for you so then which one gets answered first I'm praying for her, she's praying for me so she's supposed to get answered first and I'm supposed to get answered first who gets answered first so that's what Rashi is saying the tzaddik ben tzaddik gets answered first before the tzaddik ben Rashi but not that she wasn't answered it's just that he got answered first that's what the Chidah says. But I heard a whole different answer, and that's really the main point that I'd like to make this evening. And it's a very important point, and it, it came to life this week in my seminary, in a Nava, and I'll tell you what happened. So, they were both praying for two opposite things. They were praying, Ishta. He was praying opposite his wife means, that he prayed for one thing, and his wife prayed for something else, and they didn't agree on this at all. What was the difference? So they, they didn't know that they were having twins. They thought they were only having one child. Yitzchak said, Hashem, if you're giving me one child, either he should be a tzaddik, pure white, or he should be the worst Russia in the world. He should be bad to the bone, the worst. I don't want a wishy-washy kid. Rivka said, if you give me a good one, great. If you don't give me a good one, he should at least be half some good in him. It should be mixed good and bad. Now, you would all say, if I would say to you, who prayed correctly, you'd say, for sure, Rifka, why would you want a kid that's all bad? Get a kid that's half and half. And the answer is there's such a thing, there's a thing called rationalization. When someone is all bad, and you know that you're bad, you're gonna do chuva. But when you think that Eh, I'm not so bad You're never going to do tshuva So a person who's a big rusher Who knows they're very bad They're going to try to change But a person who's like eh, You know, I had When I started teaching in Crown Teshiva Mill Basin Which is a school for kids who are not religious So I had certain Israeli kids That they had what was called Friday night dinner Their father would make like a bracha on grape juice And the mother would light candles And then they would go to the movies we would drive to the movies, and they would go to the movies. Then I had some kids in my class that their parents knew nothing about Judaism. They didn't light candles. They didn't have a Friday night dinner. The kids who didn't have the Friday night dinner and had nothing ended up becoming Chuvas, and one of them is a Rebbe today. And the kids that had a Friday night dinner, they they weren't looking for more religion. They were satisfied with what they had. And when I said, you know, you're not keeping Shabbos, they're like, yeah, but my mother lights candles, and we have a Friday night dinner. That's enough. So the kids who had nothing... They they ended up changing, and Yitzchak very much believed in that. Yitzchak was davening that if I have a child, if he's good, he's good. But if he's bad, he should be a Russia. If he's a Russia, sooner or later he's going to feel bad about what he's doing, and he's going to change. But I don't want a kid that's that's wishy washy. And and Rivka said, I don't want a Russia. Let him be a little good. Let him be. Let it be mixed. And the Torah tells us, Mayat aloi Hashem. Hashem listened to him. And Hashem said, better to have a white or a black, I'm talking about spiritually, a white or a black, than someone who's gray. Because the gray person never changes. The proof to that, the proof to that is, I can bring you a few few proofs from the Torah. One proof was the Mabal. Rashi says that the, the world was doing, serving idols and murdering people and, um... Committing adultery, and Hashem did not destroy the world. Why did, Hashem, why did Hashem destroy the world? So Rashi says, because they were stealing less than a penny. So one second. They were serving avoid boy de Zara. They were serving idols. They were committing adultery. They were killing people. Hashem said, no, I got, I got time. We're not going to destroy the world. They went in and they stole the grape or one uh, sunflower seed. Hashem said, oh, that's it. World's going to be destroyed. That doesn't make any sense and the answer is that as long as they were doing those three big averos Hashem said they're going to feel bad they're going to do chuva. but what did they do they were wise guys they would take a thousand guys would come to a store and each guy would take a grape now the store owner could not make them pay for one grape because one grape wasn't worth a penny so all of a sudden the store owner lost all his grapes a thousand grapes but nobody was to pay because it was less than a shavu so they all walked out saying I, I didn't steal even more than a penny you can't do anything to me so Hashem said in that case if they're doing this they're never going to do chuva. Then there's a, rash, there's a, a Medjush Rabbah that says that in Pashas Noah, in, Paschus, in the Pashas Horatius, that why did Hashem destroy the world? Because there was, that, because men were marrying men with a ksuva, with a marriage license. And Bezdin, and Bezdin, the courts of the world were writing marriage licenses. So Hashem said, as long as they thought they were doing something wrong, they're gonna do tshuva. But if the, but if the bezdin, if the bezdin is saying that it's legal, so then they're doing something legal, they're never gonna do tshuva, he destroyed the world. Same thing happened in Sodom. Why didn't Avram Avinu go to Sodom, and well, Avram Avinu was the biggest Malt rabbi that there was. He changed the whole world. Why didn't he go to Sodom and give them a speech? Instead he said to Hashem, "Is their fifties, their forties, their thirties, go to Sodom and change them! How come a problem of you never went to Sodom to try to change them? And the answer is that the Sodomites, they made it into a religion. In other words, they felt that if a person is poor, you're not allowed to give them charity. Because if God made them poor and you give them charity, you're fighting with God. So they said, if anyone gives, if any poor man collects charity, you have to kill him. Because he doesn't believe in God. You're poor, so God made you, you're not allowed to collect charity. If someone's sick... You weren't allowed to go to a doctor. Because so Hashem made you sick, you're not allowed to get better. If a doctor would make someone better, they would kill him and they would kill the patient. They were crazy, but that's what they used to do. And they made it into a religion that if a guy was collecting money and he was tall, they'd put him in a short bed and cut his legs off. And if he was short, they'd put him in a big bed and pull him apart. Why? Because, because if you're not happy, you're poor. And you're not happy who you are. And you're going to collect money it means you're not happy who you are. So I guess if you're tall, you're not happy that you're tall, we're going to cut your legs off if you're short you're not happy that you're short we're going to stretch you out they were murdering people as part of their religion A brother said I, I can't make Baal from that they think they're doing a mitzvah we can't stop the Arabs from blowing themselves up and killing people because they're not saying I'm bad people and I'm murdering you they're saying I'm, I'm doing this in the name of God al before they do it they're like with Hashem's help so if, they're, if, they're, if you're killing someone with Hashem's help you're not going to change those people's minds so the people who 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 rationalize their bad deeds, you can't change them. So so, so Yitzchak said, "Give me a bad one, but kulay ra. He should be totally bad, so that at least here one day he'll look in the mirror and say, hey, what am I doing?' And he'll change." And Rivka said, "No." And Hashem said, "Yitzchak's yes, right." So now what happens is, so in Ruchach Rifka Rivka saw that Hashem listened to to Yitzchak. And that she's going to give birth to either a big tzaddik or a big rasha. That she's not going to get her way. That the kid's going to be a little shushu. What happens? She goes past the church. And the baby tries to get out. She goes past the shul. And the baby tries to get out. She says, one second. That's what I prayed for. I prayed for a kid who, when you go by a shul, he goes to shul. When you go by a church, he goes to church. But Hashem said he's listening to Yitzchak. So she said, in the Pasuk, why, I, why is this happening to me? Why are you giving me the child that I wanted? I thought, Hashem, you're going to give me the child that Yitzchak wanted. And she went to figure out what Hashem did. What, to find out what Hashem meant. Hashem said, I'm listening to Yitzchak. Now you gave me a kid that he's jumping out in school and he's jumping out in church? You gave me the kid that's gray. He's white and black. So she went to the rabbis She said, what's going on? And they said, no Hashem didn't listen to you Hashem listened to Yitzchak One of your kids is white And one of your, one of your kids is Yaakov He's a kulei Kulay Toiv And the other kid is Esau It's not one kid that's Shushu It's two kids You got what Yitzchak wanted A child that was a Tzadik And a child that was a Rasha And Yitzchak well, Yitzchak is Esau Because Yitzchak felt That he would be able to change him. So, what was really Yitzchak davening about? So, I'll tell you what happened this Monday in our Teres Nava, my seminary. So, my seminary is nice Jewish girls, religious girls, and we decided that we're going to give them a class on non-Jewish music. The principal was bothering me the whole time. Rabbi Wallstein, one of the big challenges today of our children, our teenage children, teenage girls and boys, is the non-Jewish music music culture that they're listening to and that they're trying to copy. So I really try to push it off. Finally, this Monday, I gave the shir. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the shir. So, many years ago, in my high school, in BCA, I was walking down the hall, and there was a girl who was listening to her, to her iPod, and she had these little buds in her ear, and she's like, shh, She's you know, walking, walking down the hall and she's jumping around and it was on so loud that I could hear it it was in her ears and I could hear it so I said to her, what are you listening to? and she's like I'm like, let me, give me one of your earbuds so she's listening in one ear with her earbud and I'm listening in the other and I put it into my ear and oh my gosh, it's, it's like this nasty gangster rap and this guy is just yelling screaming everything rhymed but he's screaming, and it's like really bad words. Every second word is a curse word, and, and you know, killed it. it was really nasty. So I said to her, you know, like, this is not going to help your depression, listening to this kind of music. And she goes, no, I like it, I like it, it's good for me. And I said, I don't think it's good for you. She goes, no, it's good for me. I'm like, you know what? We're going to give a class on music tomorrow. So many years ago I think it was Duke University I'm not sure which university did this there was a professor that was teaching music and said that music in the subconscious music affects your brain very very much and it causes colors you can try this at home it causes colors and images in your head so what he did is he told the whole class take out a piece of paper put their name on it and everybody should close their eyes And he's going to play a song, and he wants you to write on the piece of paper what color you saw with your eyes closed while the song was playing, and any other images that you see, you should write down. So he played classical music. And I don't remember what the color was, but 90% of the class saw the same color. You could have picked blue, indigo, purple, orange, whatever you wanted, white, black, 90% of them picked the, the, the same color. Then he said, write down an image of what you saw while you were listening to the classical music. One girl wrote, a seagull flying over the ocean. One girl wrote, sitting by a sunrise, sitting by a sunset. Everybody had these different translations. Then he changed the music to jazz. And there was a different color. It's a different color and different images. And then he went to other music and then rock and roll into other music. And each, each type of music, the class saw a different, a different color and different images. So I said, let me do this, you know, in this class. So in BCA, in my high school, a few years ago, I, went, I came in, first of all, I took some pictures of some rappers from a rapper magazine, and I showed it to the kids. I, I said, I want you to look at these faces, and they're all very angry, because being gangster rapper, you're not allowed to smile. It's like very, very hardcore, mean looking guys with a, very mean gestures. And a lot of gold. And I showed it to the whole class. I said, pass around these pictures. You know, this is, this is the top of that culture, of the rap culture. These are the guys who are running it. A lot of gangster rap. And, and, and this, is, this is a picture of what the culture represents. Fine. I'm not judging the culture. I just want you to look at the picture. Fine. Then I took out pictures of Gedolim, Rav Rav, all the big Tzadikim. I said, now look at their faces. Beautiful, warm, smiling. This wasn't a sheer where I'm giving any criticism. I'm like you look at the picture and like what, the girls would say, wow, that he's so cute. He's so he looks so so calm and he looks so happy. And I, I gave out all these these different pictures and I said, so the top of our culture, this is the Guttel Hado. This is what he looks like. The top of the rap culture, this is this is what they look like. I said that's the effect of the culture that they live in. You decide what you want to look like, but. That's what it looks like. Okay. And then I played the music. And it was very interesting because this was my high school. These are not religious girls. And I played, I believe, Shrekki's Mama Rachel first. And then I played Simen Tov Malotov from a different artist. And by Shrekki's Mama Rachel, it was like hope, prayer, happiness. Um, very nice, positive adjectives. And by Simen Tov Malotov, most of the girls wrote... the picture that I saw was me in a wedding gown or me dancing at a wedding or one girl wrote um, at the Kosovo Friday night watching the men dance to Kalabach at L'Chadodi very interesting things that they were writing to this Simitoba Molotov music very upbeat, very happy it's a very happy song it's a very happy song okay, then I did the rap stuff and they wrote death, despair, savagery blood, darkness very dark, dark, right? That was their image. Again, now you don't see that when you're listening to the music, when you're o- awake, because you can't see the images when your eyes are open. If you close your eyes, you have these images going through your head. So I told the high school, I said, you need to know that in your subconscious, this is what the professor was showing, that in your subconscious, when you're listening to this gangster music, what it's, what it's doing in your subconscious, which you don't realize in the front of your brain, but in the back of your brain, it's saying, Gangsta. Depression, darkness, savagery, murder. And if you keep playing that, you keep playing that, that's what's going on in the back of your brain. Of course, it's going to have an effect on you. But when you're listening to it with your eyes open, you don't see it when you listen to it with your eyes closed. So some of them said, that's it, I'm done with that kind of music. It was an interesting experience. So I decided to do that in terrace Nava. And right in the middle of my experiment on Monday of this gangster music that I put on, and most of the girls never even heard that stuff before. So all of a sudden, three girls got up and said, No, rabbi, shut it off. It's not fair what you're doing. I'm like, it's not fair. Why why isn't it fair what I'm doing? Because I listen to non-Jewish music, but I don't listen to this gangster rap. I listen to soft rock and roll. So you're representing to the class. That non-Jewish music is gangster rap. Non-Jewish music is not gangster rap. There are a lot of good country singers and other singers that are not st- singing about murder and killing and stealing. They're singing about love and 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 romance and and all the beautiful things. So it's not fair. And Rabbi, you showed us pictures of, of 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 rabbis. You didn't show us pictures of singers. The other ones you showed us pictures of rappers, of singers. Don't come with rabbis. You didn't show us pictures of, 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 of priests and ra- against rabbis. You showed us pictures of gangster rappers against rabbis. That's not fair. And these three were like, blew my whole share out the door. <laughs> blew it out the door. I had all the girls until they got up. And I realized that I would rather be speaking to kids who only listen to gangster rap. Because they would understand... That has a big effect on them and it's wrong. But these girls don't listen to that. They just listen to non Jewish music. So to them, there's nothing wrong with it. So those three will never change. For the rest of their lives, they will listen to non Jewish music. Because they're listening to the non Jewish music that's not radical. So, Rabbi, it's not so bad. It's not. When I close my eyes, I don't see murder. You don't see going to the chuppah with your chassin. right? But I don't see murder. That's what Yitzhak was saying. Yitzhak was saying that, that if, if, if my son is really bad, he'll come back. But when you start to rationalize and you start to make bad things good, like you know I have a boyfriend, but ever since I'm talking to him, he started putting on chillin. So even though we're doing other sins together, but we're doing a mitzvah because of me, he's putting on chillin. That girl's not coming back. She's not changing. But the girl's like, I'm really not. I'm really doing some bad stuff, Rev Wallstein. I feel really bad. And then she'll change. The day after I gave that, she had three girls called me up and said, Rabbi Wallstein. You're 100% right. I went home, I did your experiment. How do I get away from non-Jewish music? It's something that I need a lot. I want to talk to you privately. So those were girls that were listening to the wrong music and they realized it has a big effect on them. But those other ones, they're not going to change. So a a person, what Yitzhak was saying over here is that, that a person has to know when you're doing something wrong, you're doing something wrong. And that's okay because if you're doing something wrong, you're going to feel bad about it, you're going to change. Don't make what you're doing wrong into something right. And that was Yitzhak's prayer. That was, that was Yitzhak's filler. And you see that that's what Lavan was all about. Lavan, when he did this flip, and he was, he was flipping this, on, on this week's parasha, he, was, he made Yaakov work for seven years for Rachel, and he, and he stole those years because he gave, he gave Leah instead of Rachel. He switched. So Lavan would have said, I am a crook. I am a lowlife. I had my, this, this boy work for seven years for Ruckel, and now I'm switching on him. Maybe he would have done Chuba. But what did he say? If you look at the love Lovon says, What do you mean? In our town, we never let the older one get married after the younger one. But, but he made a promise. He said, If you work for seven years, you're going to get the younger one. Now he's doing a flip, and the answer is, That was Love Lovon made an excuse for what he did wrong. He's like, it's just, you know, it's it's just the wrong thing. But Loving you, you lied to him. I know I liked him, but I liked him for a good reason. You know, I had this, this kid that once was working for me and he stole my checkbook and he wrote ten thousand dollars and cashed it. He stole from me. And I caught him. And I said to him, What are you doing? I gave you a job. Where's your talk. You took my checkbook, you wrote ten thousand dollars, you stole from me? He goes, What are you worried about? It's my signature. I didn't sign your name well. The bank has to give you back your money. So you're not going to lose anything. Kachoya, the bank gave me back my money because it wasn't my signature and they shouldn't have put the check through. So he said, "What did I do wrong?" I said, "But you stole from the bank. They gave me back my money, but they lost ten thousand dollars." He goes, "Yeah, but the bank charges so much interest to people, so I don't feel bad for them." So he made it gray. He made it okay. That guy's been in jail three times since since he worked for me. He doesn't stop stealing. Why? Because he's never going to stop. Because he feels, he steals from the government. Oh, the government, <laughs> you know, the government takes so much taxes. He steals from a bank. The last time he went to jail, he stole from a casino. And he said, the casino is a bunch of gamblers. You know, they steal everybody else's money. So why can't I steal their money? He went to jail. Because if you don't think it's wrong and you make, you, you, you rationalize and you make excuses for it, then you're not going to stop doing it. And that's what Sodom did, and that's what the world did, and that's why it was destroyed. Sodom was destroyed, and the world was destroyed. Because in that world, that can't be Ms. That's not Ms. And what, what? what Yaakov was Ms. Yaakov was straight white. Yaakov was Ms. And if Esau would have done tshuva, he would have been greater than Yaakov. If Esau would have done tshuva, he would have been greater than Yaakov. But he did not do tshuva. So this is a very important lesson in Pasha's, last week's Pasha, in Pasha's Tolos, and in this week's Pasha... When it when it came out to 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 Rachli Menu in Pasha say that Lovin was also he wasn't straight he was a crook he wasn't straight what does that mean he wasn't straight not that he, that he made the bad things he rationalized them and he made them and he made them into good things, okay. So there is something I want to talk about this week's Pasha that bothered me for many many years. Well, before we do that, let's talk a little bit about the the dream, right? This week is the dream and the ladder. And I always talk about the ladder. Why he dreamt about a ladder? He didn't dream about steps because the ladder is the only thing that whether you're going up or you're going down, you're always looking up. You climb up the ladder, you're looking up. When you go down the ladder, you're looking up. You don't turn around and walk down. You're always looking up. And Hashem wanted to show show um, Yaakov that you're going out, you're going to have problems. You know, Rachel's going to die young. Yosef's going to be sold, right? You're going to go down to Mitzrayim. But you should know that you're on a ladder. And on a ladder, whether you go up or down, you always have to look up to Hashem. Okay. But there is something fascinating in the Medjush Tan this week, which I think is important for every child, for everybody. And it's really a lesson in psychology. It's a lesson in psychology, but it's an amazing lesson. And I think it's something that we all struggle with. So it's a, it's a very important mention Khuma, and I want to tell you what the Mejshkun Kuma says like this. So the Pasik says, There was a, a ladder, and the ladder's legs were on the floor. The top of the ladder was in Shemaim. There were malachim that were going up, and there were malachim that were going down. Who were these angels? So one shot is, he was going into chutzlaretz, so the 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 malachim of Eretz Yisrael went up, and the malachim of Chutz went down. But the Medrash Tanchuma says something very fascinating, and he says, "No, he says these were the malachim. Let me tell you who they were." baruch hu Yaakov. God showed to Yaakov Avinu Sarah shel He showed him the guardian angel of Persia. This angel went up seventy steps. We were stuck in. In Bavel for seventy years, he went up seventy steps, v'yairid, and it, then it was thrown down to the bottom of the ladder, Michelle madai, and of madai, right, and by madai, chamishimushnayim. It went up fifty-two steps, v'yairid, and it went down. Show Yavon. He saw the angel of the Greek Empire, mea. It went up a hundred steps, v'yorad, and it went down. Shall Edom, that's the one we're in right now, all of He saw them go up the ladder, but he couldn't see how many steps Aesov went up. But at that moment, Yaakov became very scared. I saw this, I saw this angel go, these angels go up from Aesov, but maybe they're not going to fall down. And that means we're going to be in their gullas forever. So you got very scared. I'm like, no. Altiri tiri Avdi Yaakov, don't worry. He says, no matter how high they go, Asav, I will, I will throw them down. In Pagbi Kenesha, if they fly like an eagle, in Sim Simkanecha, and they set their nest between the stars, Mishoyim Sham. I promise you, I will throw them down from there. Okay. B'Shem Rav Chelboi Rav Ben made to teach us. Shel Aru Lakodesh Baruch that Hashem showed him Saurus Obavel, the 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 guardian angel of of Babylon going up and down. shall Madai and of Persia Oil up and down. Shall Yavon and Greece up and down. Shall Edom Oil. And He showed him that Eshel will go up and He'll also come down. Here's the point I want to make. Amol Yakodesh Baruch in the dream, God said to Yaakov, Yaakov, get on the ladder. Because Yaakov was representative of Klal Yisrael, so all these all these guardian angels of all these empires got out, went on the ladder. They came up, but they fell down. So Hashem said, Yaakov, get on the ladder. And Yaakov said, Yaakov why aren't you going up on the ladder? Well, Eisah shah of Vino Yaakov. Yaakov became very scared. Vo amrani said, just like the Greeks and the Romans and the Babylonians and the Persians fell down, He said, I'm going to go climb the ladder, I'm also going to fall down. God said to Yaakov, I promise you, if you get on the ladder and go up, you will not fall down. Now comes the part of the Medrash that no one understands. The low... Haman below Allah. Yaakov did not believe God that he would never fall down and he didn't get on the ladder. What does that mean? God told him in his dream, I promise you, you won't fall down. How could you say that Yaakov didn't believe God? Yaakov didn't believe God? God said, I promise you, you're not going to fall down. So the Teret, the Medrash of says, not that he didn't believe God that they would never fall down, he said I don't believe that the Jewish nation will always be tzaddikim and being going up the ladder sooner or later they're going to sin and when they sin they're going to fall down that I don't believe in you God I don't believe that we could do this I don't believe that we could keep climbing and keep growing and not fall down from the top of the ladder Now there's something in this medrash that is very true psychologically Yaakov Avinu said a statement that I hear in the teaching of children many, many times and of people and in challenges. I'd rather, a lot of kids are like this, I'd rather not take a chance than take a chance and fail. There are so many great people that if they would have just tried, they would have found out that they have that, the ability. But they're so scared of failure. You know, kids that, that, I, I, there's some kids that don't play ball. And they, and for a boy, it's very important to play ball. And you know, we tried to get him in school, we tried to get him to play ball. But he's so scared that he's not going to be good, that he'd rather not play at all. There are girls in school that are so scared that, 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 that anxiety that I'm not going to be good, so I'm not going to even try. I'm not going to try out for dance. Uh, I'm not going to try out for play. Uh, I'm not going to try out for art. I'm not going to try out for music. Because, Maybe I'm not going to be able... I'm going to fail. I'd rather not do it than fail. I'd rather not even take the chance. And that's what Yaakov told Hashem. Yaakov said, I don't want to take a chance. I'm scared. I don't want to do it. I'd rather not go up the ladder at all. I'd rather not get up to the 200 step and then fall. I'd rather not get on the ladder at all. And Hashem said, but I'm telling you to get on the ladder. But Yaakov said, I know. I know, I know that you believe in us and you believe in the Jews, but at one point we are going to sin, and when we sin, you're going to take us down the ladder. So that's what he told Hashem. I don't want to get on this ladder. And Hashem said, no. He said, you're different. He said, Klai I will never take down the ladder. He said, but if they do sin, he said, Mi I will put them through pain. They'll put them through suffering, but I will never make them go down the ladder. And then he woke up from his dream. Mekalchoya, Chai Shlomo is still on the top of the ladder, and it, and and it's it's there's a very very beautiful shot, fantastic shot. You know there are four symbols on Hashem's seat on Hashem's Hashem's are Do You know what they are? Anyone here know what they are? There are four symbols on his chair on his throne. There's an eagle. What? There's an eagle. There's a ram. There's a lion, and there's Yaakov Avinu. And there's ya- Yaakov Avinu's face. But in cover, so like it says on the Kisir cover these are these four things. So it says here, very fascinating. If you look, if you look at the Pasik when he goes to sleep, right? He says, Hashem is in this place. He's sitting, he's sitting on His throne. But that I'm on his throne, loyodati. I did not know. Till that dream, he did not know that his face was on Hashem's throne. So he's saying, "But but me, loyodati." He said that I did not know. And he said another thing. Yaakov Avinu always lived. Girls, he lived in yeshiva. He lived in an ohel. He wasn't out in the world. And he believed very much that the kedusha is in in the base of and in the ohel and where you're learning and in the Torah. But after this dream, he came up and he said, he said, no, the, 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 and it's a very big lesson. The ladder, its feet, what, what, what is the foundation of a ladder? Where it is on top or where it is on bottom? Wrong. Wrong. No. Where does the ladder rest on the wall? If you put a ladder straight, it's going to fall flat down. It rests, not like anything else, but a ladder, the top of the ladder Rests on the wall, so the support of the ladder is not on the floor. The support of the ladder is all the way on the top of the ladder, where it's laying, where it's laying against that wall. That's where the support is. Hakadosh Baruch Hu said to him, "I'm on the top." He said, but he he saw the ladder and he said, Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, "You're resting all your life. You need to know that you're resting on me." But Hine Hashem Nitzav Olav, the ladder is resting on me, but the footing of the ladder is on the ground. A person whose head is always in Shemayim, it's also no good. You have to be able to eat fruit and make a bracha. You have to be able to get married and to have children. You have to live in the world and mix it with the Kedusha. You can't just be a spiritual person. Then you don't have to come to this world, you can be an angel. But you also can't be just a physical person. Your feet, your body has to be on this ground, but your ruach, your neshama, has to be in Shemayim. And he said, when he woke up, he said, he became very scared. What a crazy, unbelievable place is this world. I thought the house of Hashem is in Shemayim. This is the house, girls. You're living in God's house. The world that we live in, this is His house. And Yaakov became very scared. He thought, I thought Kedusha is over there. No. He, he realized in his dream that where we're living right now is Kibes Kim. We are in the house of, of Hashem, and we have to look in our room and the things that we have in our room and think, is that what Hashem would have in his house? Because I'm, leaving, I'm living in his house. Would I want him to walk into my room right now and see what kind of stuff I have in my room? Well, God walks into your room all the time. He's living in, with you in the room. So he got very scared, Jacob, and he said, Kibes Kim, this world... Is the base of the house of Hashem? How does one? How does one live in this world on that level that you're living in God's house? You have to live on that level. You can't talk Russian, and you can't watch movies, and you can't all that stuff. Doesn't go in God's house. That's not where, you know. That's not what the base of is. That's not so. So Yaakov like got up. He said, "Oh my goodness, the 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 chol, the the whole, the, the, gashvius, the physical part of this world is also in God's house." And his face, was taka on the, on the, on the, on the, and he didn't know that until he went to sleep. So the lesson of this Mejosh Tanchuma is, get on the ladder. Don't worry, says Hashem. Get on the ladder. Don't, what this Tan Tanchuma is screaming, don't be scared to fail. Give it your best shot. Never be scared to fail. Because in the end, if you get on the ladder, Hashem says, I promise you, I will not throw you off the ladder. But get on the ladder. So so even when I gave that music share, right? So some girls were like, Wallstein, even if I listen to what you said and I stop listening to music, it's only going to last." I did this once before; it's only going to last a month, and then I'm going to go be back. I'm going to go back to it. I'm like, "Get on the ladder. Don't say I can't do it. Get on the ladder." And it's in dieting and exercising and school. Ah, I'm going to diet, and and uh, in two days I'm going to be eating again. Get on the ladder. Maybe in two days you won't be eating again. But if you don't get on the ladder, you definitely will be eating again the way you're not supposed to. Don't say, I'm going to exercise for a week and then I'm going to stop exercising so I'm not. You know how they all make their money in these uh, workout places. You buy a 12-month, you know, and they know that it's only going to last for two weeks. You walk in, they're like, I'll give you a special 12 months for $69. you're like, wow, that's crazy. And they're, they're smiling because they know, <laughs> 12 months, 12 days, and she's out of here. Right, because you start off. But if you don't ever start, maybe maybe it will be twelve months. If you don't do one month, you'll never get to twelve months. So, because Bochayak was like, "I'm not going up on this ladder," because I know I'm, I'm going to fall off. Hashem like, "Get on the ladder." I know, but Hashem, but I'm going to. Hashem's like, "Just get on the ladder. I guarantee you, you won't fall off the ladder. Maybe you'll fall down a little bit. Maybe you go up a little bit. Everybody goes up and down, but you won't be off the ladder. Right now, you're off the ladder. Get on the ladder." And it's a very important lesson. Don't say, I can't go to seminary next year, I can't do this and I can't do that. No, Hashem says, don't say that. You, you, you definitely can't if you don't try. You definitely can't if you don't. If you don't try, you surely won't. If you try, maybe you'll make it to the top. You have to try. You have to try. I always tell my kids Jack and the Beanstalk story. You know, we threw out it and the thing grew all the way up and, and Jack climbed all the way up, all the way, all the way up, all the way up, the way up to the top and they're like, like, how did he know he was going to reach the top? I'm like, he didn't. Because if you ever saw the movie or you ever read the book, the, the beanstalk goes through the clouds. So how did he know that he would ever be able to get to the top of the beanstalk, I tell them? Through the clouds could be all the way to Mars, to the moon, to who knows what. Jack decided he's climbing that beanstalk. Whatever's on top, there was a castle on top with a giant, you know, fee-fi-fo-fum. They make, my grandkids love this story. And I keep telling them over and over again, and for some reason they think it's like they never heard it before. But you've got to try and a lot of us, after 120 years, are going to find out that we could have been superstars at things, but we just never gave it a chance. You got to try. The only way you could find out if you could if you could make it is if you get on the ladder. If you don't get on the ladder, then then you become a spectator, and you find out much later in life that you could have. You could have done it. It's with dating. It's with Shiduchim. It's with Parnassah. It's with school. It's with everything. If you don't if you don't go out, you're not getting married. You got to go out. No, no one's going to like me. No, no, it doesn't work. No, I, I told you the story a few weeks ago. This girl blew me away. So she's like 27 years old, and she's struggling with Shiduchim. This is a girl that doesn't get off the ladder. And and she's struggling with Shiduchim. She's 27 years old, and she went to this special Shaduchim. For 25 to 33. Special shachin that takes care of that age. And she comes to the shachin, and she's like, Okay, they finally found the shachin that does that age. And she's 26 or 27, and she sits down. And the shachin, you know, you got this resume business. So the shachin looks at the resume, and it says that she didn't finish high school. She got kicked out in like 10th grade. She didn't finish high school. Her parents are divorced. Her brother went off to Derech. So the shakhin looks at her, her resume and says, um, I, I, you know, my specialty is after 25, but you have a lot of baggage. That's what she tells this girl. Nice. Good job. You no, know? don't you want to meet her? You know, thank you very much. Right. You have a lot of baggage, but this kid is feisty. So she turns to the shakhin. This is a girl who doesn't get off the ladder. She turns to the and She goes, I know I have a lot of baggage. But you tell the boy that you read me to, that you make the shidduch, that you read me, you tell him that I have a lot of baggage, but you tell him that my baggage is designer baggage. (laughs) I was like, yes. I said, you got a chance. I "I got a lot of luggage. But my luggage is Louis Vuitton. (laughs) You tell him, it's not just regular luggage. That's a girl that even after a shotgun tells her, get off the ladder. You got baggage. You're not going to find a shit Get off the ladder. She's like, no, I'm on the ladder. You tell him I got luggage. Yeah, I got plenty of luggage and baggage. You tell him it's a designer. I'm like, she will get married. But the girl that says, oh, hey, the shotgun said, shotgun said I got baggage. This is never going to happen. I'm not going to even try. Forget it. Give me my resume back. It's not going to happen. And and that's a very important lesson in life. Don't ever fear to fail the greatest failure is not to try the failure of not trying is much greater than trying and failing because at least you can look back and say I gave it my best the person who doesn't try is a complete failure this is not a lesson from a psychology course this is a lesson between a discussion and this week's parasha between HaKadosh Baruch and Yaakov Avino Get on the ladder. Yaakov Avino said, I am so scared to get on the ladder. I'd rather not go on the ladder because if I climb up, I'm going to fall. And Hashem said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just get on the ladder. Because Greek was on the ladder and Persia, they were all on the ladder and they all fell. But the Jewish nation will not fall, Hashem said. Get on the ladder. And Taka, Yaakov Avino got on the ladder. Okay, I want to end with Something that's very puzzling. And many girls learn this Pasuk in a very wrong way. And they get very upset. And the Pasuk says the following. Before Leah gave birth. Vayar Hashem. And Hashem saw. Ki Leah. That Leah was hated. How do you learn that Pasuk? Do you think Yaakov hated Leah? Right? In our heads it's like Yaakov loved Rachel. And he hated Leah. Yaakov Avinu, you know, he couldn't hate anybody. He couldn't even hate his brother Esau. How could he hate his wife? But everybody learns this pasuk in school. That Leah was hated, so Hashem felt bad for her, and he gave her a child. Chas That Yaakov hated Leah. So the Medjutan Chummah says the following. How do you translate this pasuk? He says the following: you should know. Shahari Rachel, Rachel, Leah sisters. Leah lea was supposed to marry Esav. Leah was the oldest. She was supposed to marry the oldest, which was Esav. So Leah was supposed to marry Esav, and Rachel was supposed to marry Yaakov. Lo, heysi, lea, yoshev, prash, prash, so Leah so and said, "She's supposed to marry this guy, Esav." So she sat by the intersection of the ways. And she asked the people, You're about this boy, Esav? Like, he's my Shidduch. Can you tell me some information on him? Well, you're law, so they told her, Oh, Esav? Ishra. He's a bad guy. Shefech Dumim. He murders people. Mikapeach the Vishavim. He's a highway robber. Admoni. He's a redhead. Kulek or He's full of hair. Russia. He's a Russia. Kul to Evas Hashem Isa. Anything that God hates. He does. Now nah, that's a nice recommendation for a Shidduch, huh? When she heard this, she started to cry. Well, Omeret, she said, "Me and Rachel, we came from one womb. Rachel's going to marry Yaakov, and I'm going to marry Esav." She would cry, she would fast, Till her eyes became swollen. That's why it says in the passage of Leia Rakos, the eyes of Leah became swollen. Yar Hashem says the Medrash. And Hashem saw that Leah hated, not that Leah was hated, shnuim maise Esav By Yar Hashem, Hashem saw that Leah hated what Esav was doing. But Rachel, who heard that she's going to marry Yaakov, she was happy since since Leah was crying and fasting, the son of say Esav, and she hated what Esav was doing, said was praying, therefore, Kosh Baruch Hu gave her children first. Ki Hashem saw that that she hated Esav, and that she suffered all those years fasting and crying, therefore Hashem, gave her the children first. Not that Chasrashalem, Yaakov, Avinu, hated Leah. But he saw that Leah hated what Esau was all about and she suffered all those years so he felt bad for her so he gave her children first. Totally different than than the the way that, that we learn it. Okay, one more beautiful pshat on Rachel Imenu. I, I, I haven't spoken about this in a while. There's a thing called spiritual DNA. You know what that is? That's whatever you do that's what comes out in your children. So listen to this spiritual DNA. We'll end with this. Yilamdeenu is to teach us that Rachel was quiet, right? When when Leah was switched for for her for Yaakov, if you knew, she didn't she didn't say one word. When Leah told her in this week parsha. You stole my husband, even though Leah really stole the husband, not her. She again became quiet. Because she was able to be quiet, Binyamin, her child, the stone that was in the ephod in the, in the, on the Kohen, was called the Yashve. Yashveh comes from the words pe shasak, a mouth that remained silent. What was the reward that she was able to control her mouth and be quiet. What was her reward? Who came from her? Sheol. Who came from Sheol? Right? Who came from Sheba Benyamin? Mordechai and Esther. What was, what was the power of Esther that she was able to save the Jews? That she was able not to... Many times, Akash Barash would ask her, What is your nation? Where do you come from? And she was quiet. She was quiet. Therefore, Akash Baruch said, Atsha Sakta. Hashem said, You were able to be quiet. Chayachi, I promise you. Because of this chuth of you being quiet. Many years later, your children will be saved because your great-great-great-granddaughter will have this DNA, this power of Shtika, and that she will not give away who her birthplace and where she comes from, and that was Esther Hamalka, and that's who came from Sheba bin Yamin, who came from Rachel, who ended up saving Klai and Haman was totally destroyed because they never knew until the last moment where Esther came from. That's called spiritual DNA. So if a girl today is quiet, and she gets insulted in public, and she doesn't answer, or her friends are talking Lashon Hara, and she walks away, and she captures this Mida of Shtika, you should know it's not just for you, but that your great-grandchildren and your grandchildren will have that same power that you're giving them through your DNA, that you were able to be quiet, you're a tsnua you know, there's a lot of girls that... That are challenged with sneers, with, with being modest. But if you're a tsnua you give the power to your grandchildren. For some reason, she doesn't have that. You know, there are girls that are not. They don't have a problem with. It's like I don't, I don't even want to wear a short skirt. And like, but you're not religious. Like, you're not really religious. That. Why don't you? Why don't you wear and wear pants? She goes, I don't know. I just don't have a yeterah so to wear pants. I don't know. And the answer when you say I don't know, that's called spiritual DNA. That means that someone, some grandmother, great grandmother, great great grandmother with Mesirah's Nefesh, to be a Tznuah, so you now have that DNA? You don't even want to be that modest. It's not even a challenge for you. Or there's a group of girls talking Lashon Hara, and you hate Lashon Hara. Why? Because you're so religious? No, you're not so religious. Because you like the Chofetzchaim? No, I just don't like it. And I just don't like listening to people talk bad about other people. Well, why does everyone else in the class like it? Why don't you... Manashtana. And the answer is, because she had a great-grandmother that was very very dactic on not listening to Lush and Hara. So, in her DNA, it's not a problem. So, when a person breaks a though, you should know it's not just for yourself. You're doing it for your generations, and you, and you, and you generate... Look, you know how far from Binyamin Esther Hamalka was? You know how many generations? But Esther had the power from where? from a great 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 grandmother Rachel who didn't answer Leah when she said you stole my husband she didn't say no you stole my husband she didn't say anything she was Shtika she was Shaykh came out all those years later that the Geulah of Kleistro was because she was able to keep the secret that that uh, what nation that she came from so we need to know that everything that we do in our life is not only for us and on the bad side there's bad DNA and if all you do is talk Lashon Har Lashon Har and guess what your grandchildren are also going to talk Lashantara. And if you're not going to be Sneers, guess what? You're going to have a granddaughter or a great-granddaughter who for some reason just doesn't want to be Sneers. and she doesn't even know why. I don't know why I like to dress. I just like to wear... I, I don't like to wear... I like to wear short skirts. Why do you like to wear short skirts? I don't know. You want to show everybody what you... No. I don't know. I just, I just have Yitzhara for it. No. Somebody, somebody lost that battle. That's how, that's how our spiritual DNA is made up. And we learn that from Rachel Imenu. And from Yaakov Avino, we learn from the Sulam, better to have tried and failed than never to have tried at all. Better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. You got to try. You got to give your best. Don't be scared of falling. That's what Akhaz told Yaakov Avinu. Just get on the ladder. I, all the guys before you fell, you watched them. Paras fell, Mudai fell, the Greeks fell, the Romans fell. Now you want me to go on the same on the same ladder? Are you kidding me? They all fell. I saw them fall. That's right. That doesn't mean you're going to fall. I'll end with this. I was, by the, I was in Florida last week. That's so why I wasn't here. I was sitting by the ocean. And every time I sit by the ocean, I watch the waves. And the waves come in every six seconds. Every six seconds? shh. Another six seconds. You count one, two, three, four, five, six. Next wave. One, two, three. All exactly on the same. Next wave. And it always reminds me of a nevi d'kazayer. And I'll finish with this: Zohar Kabbalah. And the Kabbalah asks in Kabbalah, the Zohar asks, why are there waves? Why are there waves? Who needs waves? Why does an ocean have waves? So it says that before Hashem created the world, the water, the world was over water. It was all water. There was no earth. Right? What day did He separate the water from the earth? I believe the second day, maybe the first day, the second day. What? What? No, the water from the earth. He separated the water off the earth. I believe it was the second day. The world was all water. At one point, there was no earth. It was all water. And underneath the water, like underneath the ocean, there was earth. Yeah, the second day. Yeah. No. Sorry. Third day. Hashem said, I'm going to separate the water from the land and you'll be able in the land you'll see the land like we have now the world as it is so it says in the, in Kabbalah that since the world was always water now that Hashem separated the oceans and the land the oceans are always trying to take back what they lost this is what it says in the Zayah so the ocean is always trying to flood the whole world and bring it back to its original state so the water comes to the to the sand right to the shore and it tries to the raging ocean tries to take over the world and the sand pushes it back. So the Zayah says that every wave has a malach. Everything, every blade of grass has a mal- has an angel. Every wave in the ocean has an angel. So the Zayah says that when the wave comes and hits the ground, right, it's trying to destroy the world, then it gets pushed back out, the next wave comes. So he asks, why doesn't the malach of oh, the first wave that hit the sand, the beach, that got pushed back. Tell all the other waves, forget about it. What are you wasting your energy and your time? There's earth, there's a beach. We're not going anywhere. If he's a malach, tell all the other malachim, you're wasting your time, and then there will be no more waves. This is what the says. Maybe we did the It That's what it says. It turns to the next wave that's coming in and says, forget about it. I was just there. I tried to take over the earth. There's a beach. It pushed me back. That malach says to that malach that just said that, he says, you couldn't do it. Doesn't mean I can't. And the next wave comes. And he can't do it. And he goes back into the ocean and tells the next wave, forget about it, it's not going to work. And that one says, just because you didn't do it, doesn't mean I can't do it. And the next wave comes forever, every six seconds. The next wave says, just because you can't do it, doesn't mean I can't do it. Just because you can't do it, doesn't mean I can't do it. And each wave thinks, I can take over the world, even though you didn't. That's how a person has to look at life. Yaakov Avina said, the Persians fell, the Greeks fell, the Romans fell, everybody that climbed up fell. I don't want to do this. I don't want to fall. Hashem's like, you're not going to fall. Every, every other wave in front of me didn't make it, got pushed back into the ocean. I'm the wave that's going to take over the world. That's how a person has to think that even though this girl failed and this girl failed and this one failed and that one failed, and how am I going to do it at Wallstein? I don't have her, you know, we're having this play, and, and there's this one girl that I wanted to get, try out for this play that's coming up, Monte, Monte Shabbos. And, and she's not a religious girl, and I want her to become part of the play, because if she becomes part of the play, she maybe maybe will make her religious. And she's like, you know, I went to tryouts, and, and, and I don't have those, that kind of voice. I, I, I'm not going to be picked. I I, I don't have... I, I'm listening to these girls. They have crazy voices. I'm not going I'm to... I'm like, just try out do your best I know but there was a girl that she was like a bird and they didn't pick her why would they pick me well they picked her it's yeah well they picked you know, her it's the year yeah so to 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 yeah this once a buy tickets buy tickets on Sunday night Alexandria beautiful play done very very professionally what Professional. I have no idea but she's singing but she's singing I, don't, I didn't go to hear the parts but so just because this one didn't get picked and that one didn't get picked, how am I ever going to get picked? You, if you don't try, you can't get picked. You can't get picked if you don't try. If you try you don't get picked, okay. But at least you try. My bracha to everyone in this room should be that you should grow up to be a wave. And you should always believe that even though this person didn't bring Mashiach, and you know, people say to me, I'm going to say, Ray Wallstein, why do you say that we, should, we could all bring Mashiach? Moshe Feinstein didn't bring Mashiach. Right? Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, the, Vil, the Vilna Gaon didn't bring Mashiach. The Ariyah Kodesh didn't bring. The Rambam didn't bring Mashiach. I'm going to bring Mashiach! You have to believe like the wave. Just because they didn't bring Mashiach, doesn't mean I can't bring Mashiach. And everybody has that Kayach. But you won't see that Kayach unless you try. You've got to get on the ladder. And if you get on the ladder, you'll realize that the top of the ladder... If you get on the ladder, you'll realize that Hu is on the top of the ladder. And whether you're having a hard time, or you're having a good time. On a ladder, going up or going down makes no difference. You're always looking up. We should always be zeicha to be always looking up. Thank you very much and good night. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com